0: You're listening to The Upland Rookie, a podcast presented by Upland Brits, B Pro Kennels, and Final Rise. If you've ever considered a dog box, if you are getting more dogs, even if you just have one or two or three and considered, hey, I'd love to put a dog box in the back of my truck, well, then you're going to want to check out B Pro Kennels. Talk to Ben over there. Start dreaming and designing your custom box today. Uh, these are some of the most creative and innovative boxes I've seen, uh, with a solar panel and battery bank up top to take care of all your charging needs while out on the road chasing birds this fall. Uh, check them out: bprokennels.com. Talk to Ben. Tell him I sent you over there. Use code Rookie Ten. Save ten percent off your order with B Pro Kennels final rise is making the bird vest that i trust and use and will only ever use final rise i have the sidekick vest as well as the summit now the summit vest i've had for many seasons and love this thing to death Uh, from the waist belt to the shoulder harness the customization of the pockets um, this vest doesn't get better for the serious upland bird hunter so check them out at finalrise.com I also want to thank Trinity Britons for their continued support and sponsorship of the podcast. Josh and Jeff Ryder have now been the longest sponsor of this podcast, or longest consecutive, I should say. And uh, I'm super thankful for their partnership um, and just their belief in the podcast and their friendships uh, with both of them. Uh, I did an episode with Jeff Ryder. We're gonna be releasing that here in another week or two. Uh, We dive into a ton about breeding and genetics. We kind of take a sidetrack on training, but uh, that's going to be a really fun episode that uh, you're going to want to tune into. I did an episode with Josh Ryder uh, several months ago. It was actually last September. Uh, it's episode 24. So if you want to uh, learn more about Trinity Bertans, check out episode 24 uh, of the Upland Rookie Podcast. If not, look forward to uh, a new episode with them dropping in a couple weeks. Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is episode 55 of the Upland Rookie Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I have a lot to cover in this intro, so we're going to dive right in. First off, I have my new pup, Mac, sitting with me at the desk right now. Um, So I'm going to try to keep this short because he probably needs to go potty right now. It is bright and early on a Monday morning, and uh, I've been up a couple times getting him out of the crate, going potty, all that fun stuff. I forgot, guys. I forgot how much work this is. Um, it's honestly not terrible, but um just waking up two times a night right now, just get him out of the crate, go potty. So he's actually been doing really well. So good reports on that front. Um Maybe next week I'll talk a little bit more about just the puppy experience. <laughs> what what I've learned I've been through this a few times now. What I've learned through the puppy experience, uh, some things I do in the first couple of weeks uh, with them. So uh, stay tuned next week. I'll do a little bit deeper dive on the puppy stage. But um, he's a good boy. He's uh, just just chilling right now. He's uh, a little over eight weeks, and uh, he's been a great uh, great addition to the family. And uh, really excited for his future. So. Um, yeah he's he's looking at me right now he's like what what are you talking about oh get used to this buddy this is a podcast we do every week so get used to it um we're dog sitting my uh my brother's labradoodle right now and uh this thing's massive it's like i don't even know how tall it's like three and a half feet tall dog maybe more and it's like 105 pounds (laughs) It's big. Anyways, uh, Mac's not a big fan of him. He's a little intimidating, but gauge and win. He's, he's like, Hey, you guys are my people. <laughs> I'll hang out with you. Uh, but the Labrador, he's a little, little nervous stuff. Things a freaking beast. Anyways, Um, We're going to dive into a couple things here on the show. Uh, So, first off, Patreon patrons, thank you for your support over at Patreon. Do not forget, August is nearing its end ish. Uh, We are midway through August, and we are going to be drawing the August winner on September 1st. So, September 1st, we are going to pick a winner from Patreon. And you are going to get your choice of either the Cable Gangs tie-out system, a knife from Upland Knife Company, or the Gunner Fan Kit 2.0. Remember, it's winner's choice, so whoever wins August is going to get to choose their prize. Uh, Three tiers over at Patreon, the basic wing shooter for 5 bucks a month uh, will get you entered into the giveaway, and your name goes in the hat a couple extra times for the elite wing shooter level and the gold level wing shooter. So you can read all about the details over there. Uh, I wanted to mention about last week, we talked a little bit more about cable gangs this week. I want to talk a little bit more about Upland knife company. Now Upland knives and Mike Thompson over there making these knives by hand up in Montana. So these are an American made product. Um, he is making from scratch, start to finish, start to finish. Uh, I love checking out his stories and his videos over on Instagram and just seeing the process that he is doing to create each and every one of these knives, the handle, the blade, every Everything. The, he's doing some etching in, in some of these blades and and sheaths. Um, it's a cool process, guys. And these are knives that are, um, gosh, th- these are I don't even call them like legacy pieces or, or something that um, you you will get to pass down from generation to generation. And these things are just just nice. Like you think about a nice shotgun and how much pride and joy we take in a nice shotgun. Well, these knives are, I think the equivalent to the, you know, granddaddy shotgun. And so, um, he's, he's got, uh, he just revamped his website actually. So take a look at his website. He's got some knives that are available. Most of his stuff is custom from scratch. And so, uh, he just released a a bunch of new, uh, cool merchandise as well. He's got some new mugs and shirts and stickers and all that kind of good stuff overhead his website so um, check out mike thompson and upland knife company again american-made product mike's been a great dude a uh, great uh, advocate for the podcast and so really thankful for him uh, giving a knife away to a winner of the podcast and so uh, knife could be yours or cable gang system or the gunner fan kit uh, make sure you sign up at patreon.com uh, hey last week we did an episode with Uh, Suzanne Love and Ronnie Smith. And that episode, guys, uh, was so much fun. And the response from that episode um, has been so positive and so encouraging. Um, So thank you guys. Thank you for helping share the episode and commenting and um, just, yeah, just your support. I've heard from a lot of you just that um, you've been following the Smith method for a long time, but you learned something new last week. And so that means a lot, uh, that you, you guys took something away from that, that conversation. Um, I know I did for sure. Um, it was so much fun. I just really enjoy, um, their knowledge, the way they deliver information. And, uh, it was, it was a lot of fun. So thank you guys on that. Um, okay. What else do I have? Uh, yeah, I think we're gonna get ready to dive in. Um, like I said, next week we'll dive in a little bit further on uh, puppyhood of of this dog Mac. He's getting a little uh, excited right now. I think he's got to go go outside. He just had his breakfast, and so um, so Mac. I will I will tell you guys because I mentioned this a while ago. Uh, Mac is short for McKinnon and McKinnon. Uh, on the Colorado avalanche just won the Stanley cup this year. And uh, we're a big hockey family. If you did not know that. And so his registered name is going to be uh, Upland Brits, McKinnon found a way. Now, if you don't live in Colorado, this might not make sense to you. So the team slogan, if you will, throughout their playoff run in the Stanley cup in 2022 was find capital, a way, find a way uh, avalanche. A hope you guys are tracking. Anyways, Um, they changed all the billboards and all the slogans after they won to the Avs found a way. So, uh, McKinnon, this was his first Stanley cup again, big hockey family. Love the guy. And, uh, so upland brits mckinnon found a way is his name call him mac and uh mac dog you might hear me refer to him sometimes so um great little dog so far comes from a great line and a great breeding um that was that was one of the things that excited me most to get him i was not looking for a third dog right now um definitely have plans to uh had plans to get a third dog maybe even a fourth dog down the road but um once i heard this breeding come up um i learned more about the sire i knew the dam um, we were driving back from Texas actually, um, over 4th of July and, uh, had a, had a long conversation with the wife and just felt like it was, it was kind of the right thing to do and couldn't pass this one up. And so that's kind of what led us into dog number three right now. Um, and so we're, we're really excited again, genetics and parents and grandparents and great grandparents is really what I look at when I am picking a dog. And so it's not just, Oh, we, we want a cute little new puppy right now. Um, that's all fun and games, I guess <laughs> it's, it's a lot of work, like I like I mentioned earlier, but the the big thing is is knowing who this dog's parents, grandparents, and great grandparents were. Um, I was just having a conversation with Jeff the other day. Jeff Hoskins and uh, we were we were going into uh, the Brittany lines and the great 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 grandparents and what they did. He he judged them. He saw them and all this stuff. And it was a, it was a lot of fun just to learn more about some of these specific dogs. And so um, that's that's what gets me excited about these dogs. That's what gets me excited about Mac and Wynn and Gage is of knowing who they come from and what lines and what those you know dogs behind them what they did and, and what they accomplished and what kind of foot hunters they were and what kind of trailer and trialing dogs they were um how they were they biddable um what was their gait like uh what was their build uh, what was their temperament uh all those things, those are the things that, that you need to be asking and looking for when you are picking out a puppy. And so, um, I could, I could go into this much, much longer, but, um, as you can hear, Mac is ready to go out. So we're going to cut this short. This is uh, conversation uh, number two with Matt Davis. He's our first repeat guest of the podcast. Uh, Matt Davis, uh, owner and, uh, yeah, owner of Final Rise. Uh, you guys know I love Final Rise. I love what Matt's doing with his company, how he's building it. The products he's putting out are top-notch. I cannot say enough about them. So we're going to dive into the interview, episode 55, with Matthew Davis. Um, I saw you uh, You just picked up a new puppy, didn't you, pretty recently? I did. <laughs> I don't <know. laughs> you, you say that, uh, <laughs> not very excited.
1: No, I am excited. I'm just so busy, dude. I just... I have this thing I've been telling myself that I haven't got a dog because I'm like, dude, it's just not, it's not fair to the dog. One, if I don't, if I don't have the time that that dog needs. And so it was kind of this back and forth. And anyways, long story short. So my father-in-law bred his two dogs and both are wonderful dogs. I've spent a lot of times behind both of them. I mean, nothing crazy in their lines, but they're, Good hunting dogs or good meat dogs I call them I call them meat dogs and uh, anyway so he bred them and there's just one male in there that I mean we were there you know we from the time little things were born to basically when they're ready to start moving dogs and stuff like that and this little dude just stuck out to me and I'm like dude you're you're gonna be mad at yourself if you don't take him so So my life's just so, and it's good. I love it. It's like, I honestly think I needed that. So you weren't,
0: yeah, I was going to say you weren't really planning though to get one. Yeah. Cause you were, I mean, you're running like a million miles an hour, man. No, I get people asked, trying to give me dogs all the time. And I'm like, dude, no, like
1: not, I'm just, I'm just not in a place for it. And
0: and i did it (laughs) (laughs) we've all been there man we've all been to that place where, like well i wasn't planning on this but uh here's my new puppy yep
1: no he's awesome very intelligent animal very intelligent animal so he'll be he'll be easier than my last one and that was maybe where like i was like oh dude like chief he is Dude, he's a monster in the field, dude. I don't know if I will ever own a dog that like does what he does and handles how well he handles. But other than that, dude, I could just choke slam him. I mean, he's just an he's an asshole, dude. And that is that dog's personality. There's nothing you can I mean, do about. I mean, with him. a name like Chief, I mean, he just sounds like a badass. <laughs> he's a bad mama jama dude. I love I love pulling him out of the box in front yeah. of people. Whoa! Look at that. Is he a
0: big boy? Is he a just a bill?
1: <laughs> he's fun. He's fun, but he's he's hard, dude. He was the he's the hardest puppy I've ever ever had. Hardest dog I've ever had, and and I think that's good. At the end of the day, I think dogs are like people, right? There's those ebbs and flows, and you find out real quick, you know what you like and what you don't like. And I like all of them. I like all my dogs, obviously. But I think the biggest thing is, is like, I'm learning, right? Like I'm learning how to better handle a dog, how to hunt dogs, different things like that. And I'm not, I'm not even at the level of training that you guys are at and what you guys do. I mean, again, I'm, a, I guess I call them meat dogs basically, but it's like, I'm, I'm dropping dogs to go out and shoot birds and they do exactly what I need them to. So 100% <laughs> man and it,
0: it's funny some people will say that kind of, kind of like you just did like oh they're just meat dogs. Meat dogs are still badass dogs. Like it's still it's doing oh. what you're intending it to do. Like you have a dog to go hunt wild birds and your dog is doing yep. it, exactly that. Dude, I've
1: hunted with plenty of guys that ha- have done all their all sorts of testing and trialing and stuff like that and they watch some of these dogs, we put down these meat dogs, and they're like, holy shit.
0: Yeah, like give, like give me a couple of meat dogs because they yeah. uh,
1: they're well, they're getting that, it done. That's all that dog knows. That is all that dog knows is yeah. to find birds. That's yeah. all
0: he knows. <laughs> yeah. so, all so, do you, so do you have, do you have uh, two? So is this number three or do you have is this number two? This, I have four dogs. Oh, okay. So I've got three short hairs, and I've got a lab. Okay, nice. Do you, do you waterfall with the lab? Okay. Nice. Yep. Field oh, geese. Nice. That is my dude. I love sky pandas. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> sky pandas. Yes. <laughs> oh, I didn't do. I haven't done uh, too much waterfowl. Um I didn't do too much last year, but uh, that's kind of where I started was doing some waterfowl. And man, yeah. sitting in a uh, either layout blind or a pit or something in a cornfield, man, it is. That's a blast.
1: It's fun. it's, it's just fun, honey. I think a lot of just. I mean, it's just fun hunting right it's yeah. like i was just talking to our shoe he's like man i used to love just getting after it you know and he's killed some great deer and he's killed some big bulls and he's like i used to just that was like all i could think about and he's like anymore it's like he's like i realized it wasn't like super fun hmm. like it was cool like it was very objective based but i'm like he's like it's like he's, he's gotten big into trapping is his thing right now and he's like dude, I can take my kids with me. I can go out. And he's like, I totally get why you love your dogs. I mean, it's like, dude, I get to go out. I'm with my buddies. We get to catch up. And like, we probably wouldn't see each other otherwise if we didn't, right? So yeah. it's just fun to get out and put some dogs on the ground, catch up, oh. shoot the shit, and maybe yeah. a bird or two. Uh,
0: yeah, maybe a bird or two. <laughs> if we see a bird, that's a good day sometimes. <laughs> it is it's like you know you're in the right spot gives you a little confidence it's like a well-rounded like yeah i saw a bird it was a good day (laughs) (laughs) i don't need to shoot shooting a bird doesn't mean anything to me but yeah that's awesome man that's awesome well well, real quick talking about uh you know picking up a dog at, at the wrong time case in point right here man we're picking up a dog on saturday and our baby is due in four weeks so bro. it's like, dude, like, what is wrong with me? Like, what is, what is wrong? with? Well, cause you've got, you have two right now, right? No, we got, we got five right you've now. Got four. So this is five? number six on the way. Dude, <laughs> there's six gr- on the way, bro. You are. Gr- I know. I'm like, I- what is wrong? Literally with this scenario. But here's the thing. My wife agreed to it. I was like, hey, honey, there's this great litter. Like, we we're driving back from Texas over the 4th of July. I was like, there's this awesome litter. Like, what do you think? She's like, yeah, I, I really, She she's, she met the mom before and she really liked her and whatever. She's like, yeah, let's do it. I'm like, are you nuts? <laughs> like, so, yeah, you know, that was crazy, man.
1: I, I'd imagine it's probably like kids, but after, you know, two or three of them, it's not a, not a big deal to throw another one in the mix. And yeah. that's the funnest part for me is the young dogs. Like, yeah. I love an experienced dog and I love that. I know I can, I mean, there's every once in a while, I mean, I hunt a lot of my dogs, just one-on-one. Um, sometimes I'll run them together, but I like one-on-one and it's just fun every year. I've got my oldest dog. He's 12 now. And it is just fun. He, he you know, he doesn't get around like he used to. He's still got a lot of hunting him. He does good, but he's just old, you know, he's a 12 year old short hair and he's just, he's just beat up and old. And it's just fun dude to go, go hunt some grouse with him And, sit under a tree and scratch his head and it's just like dude like yeah that's cool it's it's fun dude so the, but the puppies are fun watching yeah. that dog come to and yeah connect the dots those aha moments are
0: yeah. they're pretty special it, it is a blast how was uh, how was last season for you man we haven't uh, talked in a little while here on the podcast you were uh, you were back way on i think i'll have to look back maybe episode six or something like that um but catch us up what was last season like for you uh hunting birds
1: Last season was fantastic man you know I uh we we had moved back to where I grew up to and it was kind of a I guess I can't say it was because everyday seems like it's a it's a evolution or a, or an advancement or kind of just a a step in the right direction just for for final rise as a business and so it's this constantly evolving and moving thing that you know it, it, it definitely sometimes takes up more time more hunting time than I would like for it to but uh, you know I feel super blessed that we're as busy as we are but it was really fun because you know moving back to where I grew up you know I hadn't really got after grouse in a long time and that's what I cut my teeth on I live I mean I can drive a four-wheeler you know 20 minutes behind my house and just have phenomenal grouse hunting and it was fun to like go back and hike a lot of trails you know drive a lot of roads and places that i hadn't been on in 20 years and so that was pretty special to be able to go back and it was kind of like that you know just reminder of you know why i started bird bird hunting and what it meant to me and i hunted like i slowed down i guess that would be like the best way to like put it i hunted a ton we did i mean a lot, we still hunt a lot, but it was just a, it was a different mindset. It was a different approach. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a really good refresher for me to have just a little more variety, be seeing a couple different places. And I did hunt alone a lot last year. Um, I live like an hour or two from most of my buddies. And so we got out a bit, but it was, it was just uh, a good little reset for me. It was, mm-hmm. it was exciting. It was it very enjoyable.
0: that's, I mean, again, for me, I've told this on the podcast before, but like, there's a tipping point where you go out and it's not all about the kill. It's not all about the kill, kill, kill. It's like you, you, like you said, you slow down a little bit. That's where hunting becomes fun. Like that's where it becomes really enjoyable where you slow down. You care about being out there with your dog, the scenery, the the nature you get to be in. Like that's where it it gets to become like, uh, just fun, more fun almost. And and I don't know how, how else to say it. Yeah, I
1: think I, I think you know, and and there's there's a cycle in hunting, right? And it, I think it's it's applicable to like every, and uh, and this is probably not just hunting, but like so many different hobbies or things that we kind of embark on in life. You know, we start out and we just want to be successful, right? Like we're willing to do whatever it takes to be successful, and then once we get a small taste of that success, it's all about a lot of success. And then it tapers into, well, I want to, I want to be successful in a certain way, mm. whether that's a method, different hunting dogs, different shotgun styles, what whatever that is. And then I feel like you, you kind of get to a different point where it's like, dude, I'm just happy to be out with my dogs and, you know, shooting a bird doesn't mean anything to me. I, I enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy, I, I mean, that's, that's still so exciting. But it's like, you know, I just, I just, in my mind, I picture it happening a certain way. And if that bird's getting up or if it's, if the situation is any different than what I guess I hoped for, I'm okay to watch it fly away. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, I want like those Kodiak moments that are, you know, permanently ingrained in my mind. Those, those special memories with those dogs. That's what I'm trying to create Mm -hmm. because that dog's not here forever. I only get so many seasons behind him. And so that slowing down. I feel like if you aren't, if you aren't hunting a little bit slower, if you aren't living a little bit slower, it's so
0: easy to miss that stuff. Mm-hmm. That's that's so well said, right there, man. I think we can all <laughs> learn something just from that little <laughs> little section right there, man. <laughs> Good call today. Um, do you pay attention much to, uh, I guess some of the bird number reports or things that are out there? Like what's, what's the season looking like for you? Not only what are some trips maybe you are looking forward to, but do you, you know, how's, how's Utah looking for, uh, maybe chucker or grouse? Yeah. You know, I, I, I think,
1: you know, I, I, feel like half of the phone calls I have on the phone, talking to guys, ordering bests or answering questions and different stuff like that. There's definitely a lot of bird talk and here in utah i mean dude we've just got so much moisture and i think everybody in the past couple of years has definitely felt that drought i think that's kind of been a universal type thing here throughout the west but i mean we've just had moisture and moisture and moisture and it's just been consistent it hasn't it hasn't come in like big dumps or haven't been freezes that are killing hatches and different stuff like that like it's just been this this steady consistent flow that we i feel like we need and you know we ride the horses a bunch I'm up in the mountains a lot and I mean, grouse numbers are out the wazoo. I haven't seen this many grouse in a long freaking time. I haven't been out looking at chucker. I have talked to a couple of guys, um, that have seen, have seen quite a few birds. Um, you know, in, in Utah, when I started chucker hunting was like the Mecca. I mean, that was like the high point of that cycle. And it, dude, it wasn't uncommon to just have to walk up one ridge, and you'd have your chance at shooting a limit of birds in a 30 minute hike. I'm talking like gobs of birds, and uh, <laughs> I was definitely at that, uh, that <laughs> yeah at age the- my hunting career what it was like. You know, I, I, I don't have to have a plug in my gun. Cool, <laughs> boom, 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 boom. boom. <laughs> you know, and you you couldn't hit your ass with both hands when you shoot like that, anyways. But um, yeah, it was just it was just crazy. And so, you know, having experienced that, and maybe being in the mindset that I'm at now, like when I go checker hunting, it's I'm expecting three to four miles per covey of birds and those coveys may only be four or five birds so a lot of times i'm looking to take a single bird out of a covey um there's a lot of times i'll just shoot one time um but i i I think across the board i think you know grass are probably a good indicator of the rest of our state and based on what i've heard Mm -hmm. things are looking good we'll go do um there's a project that i'm working on with a couple guys we're going to do uh some final rise films this fall and and do a couple stories and i'm super super excited um it's the same guys that did tailgate tales i don't know if you've seen some yep i just watched that yeah eric and jasper and uh they were kind of taking a, a a break from tailgate going into this fall i think this past year about killed them and i asked them if they'd Cock another gun and put it to their head for me, and they said yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna get after it. So we'll uh, we'll go to Montana a couple times, um, potentially Michigan. Um, I'll go do Washington, Oregon, and then hunt you know sage grouse in Wyoming, uh, Idaho for sharp tail stuff like that. So we'll we'll get around. We'll that, get around. That
0: sounds that sounds exciting,
1: man. I was looking at my calendar. I was like, crap, I just need to put all into perspective because I still big game hunt a lot. And I drew a really good mule deer tag in Wyoming, and I got an Idaho elk tag, and my wife has a deer tag. And so I was, like, working through my calendar, and it's just, like, blue lines after blue lines. I'm like, when am I going to (laughs) work? I'll figure that out later, though. Just (laughs) figured out
0: later. There should be a whole podcast episode on how to – uh, not just hunt plan, but, like, schedule hunt planning. That's a whole, like, it oh, can man. be so overwhelming, man. You know, it's it's again, between work and family schedules and just those two things alone. And I
1: feel like I've got it easy. You know, I've got a, you know, my my normal job is very flexible and forgiving, and, you know, we run our own business, obviously, and then it's just my wife and I and the horses. And yeah. my dad's my neighbor, so if I need to leave <laughs> dogs behind or whatever, dogs are taken care of, horses are fed, and or half the time... Racing or and I'm and I'm hunting, so it's not a not a not a super big deal. So I feel lucky. A lot of times I just pick up and go, and
0: whatever happens, those, happens have, those are fun. sometimes the best trips, right there. It's the kind of <laughs> night before, like all right, we're going. <laughs> yep, yep. We do that probably a little more than we should, but it's fun. Yeah. Do uh, I, I remind me, does Utah have rough grouse as well as uh, yep. blue grouse? Yep. Okay.
1: Yep. They'll, they'll be mixed all the time. I mean, it's it's not abnormal to you know have have those birds get up together Mm, oh wow Uh, or be walking a ridge move through a covey of blues and then pick up some roughs on that same ridge oh wow
0: so uh, they're they act pretty similar then same kind (laughs) of habitat ish like the the
1: blues are always up as high as possible they're on the ridges on the very very top kind of in the jack pine little sparser habitat um Mm -hmm. I find more of the rough grouse in the Aspens or in those really young Aspen stands. Uh, the really thick stuff. Like you can almost like not even walk through it type Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, and then obviously water. I look, I just look for water. I'm just looking at, you know, whatever mapping system I'm using, whether that's Onyx or base maps or whatever. And I just look for freaking water, man. And look, (laughs) look for a little bit of uh, a little bit of a topography and some rocks and different stuff like that. And, Nine nine times out of ten, you're moving
0: birds. So wow, that's cool. That's cool. It's fun. I've been uh, I've been working with uh, you know Ben Proctor at all uh, B Pro Kennels. So I've yeah, been very working working with him a little bit on a uh, dog box he's building for me, and uh, I'm like, I might just come pick up the dog box from you in Utah and just you know, early September dude. do a little hunt. <laughs> so hey, there's there's a couple empty bedrooms in my basement. Yeah. <laughs> oh, awesome. Welcome here. Yeah, that'd be awesome, man um yeah utah's yes a state i've never hunted yet but um yeah i would love to love to knock off some blue grouse and rough grouse would be incredible so that'd be pretty fun
1: they're fun dude i think oh i you know i i had like forgotten like that where they live you know especially some of the blue grouse i mean and maybe some of the places that i enjoy hunting them dude it's just as strenuous as chunker hunting mm. i mean it, it's some it's some steep stuff and you're gonna walk a long ways and a lot of times you're getting into some pretty deep snow if you can get up to where they're at late season, November, December, but like, it's tough wing shooting too. I mean, when the chuckers are big, they're they're small and they're fast, but they're not darting through trees most of the time. You know, you get blue skies behind them game over, but you get a grouse flashing through the quakies or blowing up in a big jackpine stand. There's a lot of times you might not even see them. So I, I I'd like forgotten that. I'm like, is it hard shooting when they're in the wide open? No, they're like freaking turkeys trying to get up the ground. It's like one thousand, two one thousand. Okay. Let's shoot it type deal. But like, <laughs> but they're cool. I, I, and that's that, that whole perspective and that uniqueness and variety, I think is what makes it so fun. And man, how cool to live in a state where I can, Hunt bluegrass behind my house and drive an hour that way and be chasing checker, like,
0: dude. All right, so all right, cool. Matt, stop rubbing it in. Stop rubbing it in. <laughs> <laughs> End of
1: September, you Some can of do us a have job. to
0: drive many, many hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, hey, you mentioned uh, the tailgate tales. Uh, talk a little bit yes. about uh, you know, Final Rise involvement with tailgate tales. Um, I just watched the episode a couple nights ago. And uh, it was pretty freaking cool. Really fun. Uh going I think right now, as we're talking, only episode one is out. But um talk yep. a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah, so Tailgate Tales, you know, so Eric, um I've known Eric for a while now. Um he was actually one of the one of the very first people like yourself, Will, to order a final rise system kind of in those early stages. And during that process, he and I he had some questions and we talked and I talked to him on the cup of phone a couple of times, and you know how, like, it's like that stepbrothers thing. Like, you talk, to someone's like, did we just become best friends? Yeah, like, dude, you talk to Eric, and he is just, like, salt of the earth, dude. Like, such a good human being. And I didn't know a lot about Eric, but obviously, through social media, you see what he's posting, and you're. I'm like, I didn't really know to, like, what level his photography and videography skills were and I start learning more about him I'm like holy smokes dude like this guy's not only is a really nice human like he's so freaking talented and it was spring of last year I was driving to California to hunt turkeys and I was driving through Nevada and my phone rings and it's Eric I'm like wonder what's up so I answer the phone and we catch up for a minute and he says hey you know I'm calling you I've got this vision in my mind, and he starts telling me about tailgate tales, and I'm like, dude, what a a cool name, for one, right? I'm like, that's like, you know, tailgate's kind of got that uh, nostalgic tie to the upland, right, in a a roundabout way, as I think it does to so many other um, types of hunting. But he just started talking about, you know, telling unique stories of people that have gotten into it, And the angle he wanted to take was really kind of this like makers and movers type thing. And what I mean by that, like finding people that were artistic or did things with their hands or created things and somehow tie whatever they did, whatever their skill set was into like hunting. So this first episode that they did was a gentleman um, is a professional tattoo artist and he had been in the military. I think he was in the Marines uh, I think his name's Patrick. I should know this off the top of my head, so I apologize to him if he hears this. Um, anyways, just, you know, he wanted to tell the story of this guy that had exp- expressed interest in getting into Upland hunting, and I don't think he had hunted before that. I mean, in the in the film, you see him going out and handling yeah, the shotgun. was and it, it was brand new. Yeah, and you see him carrying it, the the gun in the field. It's like, yeah, you're used to carrying, you know, a different type of firearm overseas. Like he's kind of got the stock up on his shoulder yep, and stuff. I noticed like, that. I noticed that it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's their type of gun safety. I would probably trust him more than I trust most people that have their barrels in the air. But, um, anyways, and so there, there's a some of these other stories. You know, there's there's artists. Um, and, and different things like that. And they actually did do an episode on final rise. Um, just were just kind of told a little bit of our story and how it kind of came to be. And so he had reached out initially to ask me if I would be interested in having a little film done on us. And I'm like, dude, that's so humbling and kind. Like I'd be so appreciative of that. And so we talked through that and we were kind of, I think we were kind of just wrapping up the call and I'm like thinking, I'm like how, like, he told me some of the people that were on board, I think, you know, federal and Gunner Kennels and different stuff like that. And I was like, well, dude, how do I support you? Like, how do we support what you're doing as well? And for a small company, that's like a lot of times, if you're familiar with sponsoring some of those films and stuff like that, it's a large, it's a, it's a pretty big financial commitment a lot of times. And, um, you know, but at the end of the day, one i knew it would obviously benefit our business you know being able to tie ourselves to people that are good at what they do um you know that that helps validate our our business and helps validate our product eric had obviously supported me very early on before he even knew me and so it just seemed like a a great way to kind of just align ourselves with some people you know and kind of just take it to that next level and i'm so glad that we did man because you know I knew what his skill sets were. And then I start, you know, as he was working on these stories, he's, he's sharing clips and he's sending me still photography and stuff like that. And dude, I feel like, and I've been in, I've been in marketing, direct to consumer marketing, digital e-commerce, all that stuff for a long time in the hunting space. Like I know what things cost and I know a lot of times what gets delivered. You know, you feel like, Hey, I'm paying X amount of dollars and I feel like I'm, I'm going to get this chunk of assets, whatever those deliverables are, dude. And he just like, over delivered. I'm like, dude, like you're, you are delivering like <laughs> so far beyond what uh, I just wanted to be like a part of the deal. Like I just wanted to be, you know, have our logo in there and dude, he just took, you know, obviously tons of beautiful images and, you know, cut us a bunch of different social assets and different stuff like that and again it just reconfirms it's like one Eric and Jasper are just phenomenal human beings and it's like those those are the type of people and projects I want to support because they're bird hunters they give a damn about bird hunting they give a damn about conservation and the future of wing shooting and that alignment to me is everything and I feel like that's kind of the the safeguard of the way that we're going to make sure that there's a bright future for the things that we love to do and uh Anyways, yeah, that was kind of the very long. Sorry, I'm long winded. That was kind of
0: no. That was that was great, man. I that I mean, just you talking talking right there got me like excited. I'm like I'm like all right, let's go let's go tackle the world. Like this goes good again. Like you like said, good people that you work with like it makes all the difference in everything you do. Small business, large business. Like if you're working with great people who um, are just kind, honest, like. Humble, deliver more than what what it, they talk about. It's like those are the kind of people everyone wants to work with, and that's that makes all the difference.
1: It it does. But anyone listening, Eric's book, so don't so leave him alone.
0: Okay, he's working. <laughs> <laughs> he's busy. He's busy working he's with, another with company. me. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna ask. I, sh- I should know this. I just watched the film the other night. Is Eric the one who got the tattoo in the episode?
1: It is Eric? Yep. That's, that's Eric. Eric.
0: Okay. Okay. Oh, that's a a sweet tattoo is, by the way, Eric, if you're listening to this. He showed up
1: and I like, obviously I hadn't seen the film and you know, we're like videoing in our shop and we're in the basement and we're in our house and stuff like that. And I'm looking at his arm. I'm like, when the hell did you get a tattoo? (laughs) Like, I've never seen that before. And he told me, I'm like, you got a tattoo just for a movie? It is a badass tattoo. That's, that's cool, dude. That's, that's cool. And it is a very cool tattoo. So if you haven't watched it and you're listening, Tailgate Tales YouTube channel, go subscribe and support those guys.
0: Absolutely, it was a blast. So I'm look, really looking forward to uh, seeing what those guys put out uh, here in the next couple episodes. So I'm excited. Hey. Well done, guys. Um, well, Matt, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about Final Rise. Um, wh- <laughs> I just know how busy you are. We we chat here and there, <laughs> and I just know you're running like crazy, man. What's catch us up? We're going to get into some more specifics here in a second, but like, just give us a high level. Like what's been going on uh, with your company, Final Rise? Yeah, shoot, man. So things are just wonderful. <laughs>
1: That's <laughs> good. That's good. They're just they're just they're just so good, man. And it's like I constantly have to slow down and you know really look at what's happening. And it's dude, it's so humbling, and I feel like so freaking grateful because you work hard you know, and you know that, you know, anybody that, you know, has has started something or believes in something and like pours their heart into that dude, like you work so freaking hard. And so sometimes you get caught up in that work and it's, it's hard to like see beyond the screen, right? It's hard to look beyond social media. It's hard to look beyond emails and numbers and inventory and all these different things that are necessities that kind of feed the monster, right? And those, you do have to have that that stuff in order, um, for it to be able to grow and for it to be able to operate and, and function how a a business should. And so, you know, to be able to kind of hit that pause button every once in a while and just look at, uh, you know, how fortunate we've been to have the support that we have and build it to the point that it's at, like, so cool, man. So freaking cool. And, I, I, I still look at it and it's just this little baby. it's the it's the tip of the iceberg and the future's bright man. We're working on stuff and just trying to trying to grow it and grow it in the right ways too, right. I mean, I think there's a lot of ways to grow businesses and there's a lot of ways you know to build businesses to flip them and build businesses to sell them off and do different different things like that. but it's like final rise is me. Like this isn't this isn't like man I hope in five years you know I get a three multiple on my evaluation and a VC group out of California will come and snatch me up like no like <laughs> I've lived through that and it's cool to see and it's they're cool experiences to watch and I'm and I'm always happy for those people that are on the the, the better end of that but like dude I hope I'm freaking like sixty five years old still picking up my phone. In the middle of somewhere, and when someone's calling me to ask me questions about a vest, like, dude, that's that's it to me. Like, <laughs> that. So, anyways,
0: that's that's the vision. I'm gonna be an old part running around, <laughs> well, with pal- hunting blue grouse. Like, hey, hey, hang on one second. <laughs> my dog's on point. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, dude, I've done it. I've I've, I've answered the phone. I, I do it in the goose blind a lot of times. I'm like, hold on, I got birds working. And they're like, what?
0: And they
1: hear the guns go. I had one guy hang up on me. It was kind of rude. I probably should have not done it, but I was right.
0: Priorities. <laughs> Final Rise, he should understand, yeah.
1: Yeah, he should understand. Gosh, no. But Final Rise is doing wonderful, man. You know, uh, this, this past, uh, man, it hasn't even been... What, maybe three or four months now um you know kind of put on our big boy pants and we we picked up a warehouse a really nice warehouse
0: yeah and finally I, finally out of the house how's
1: that feel you know what i now i'm like well, what am i gonna do with the rest of my house so if you don't come stay in september i'm gonna feel bad about my decision <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no it's it was it was that thing you know you're always you're always trying to hit the walls right you're trying to you're trying to hit the ceiling and then you need to constantly put yourself in situations that are uncomfortable and you know you need that force you to kind of change your mindset or the way that you look at things or work a little bit harder invest a little bit more and I knew that for the company to keep growing it wasn't going to happen in my basement I can't have random people showing up sewing in my basement. I can't have random people showing up in my basement, helping fulfill orders and do different things like that. So that was kind of that level up opportunity to put us in a space that not only met our current needs, but also put us in a position that we can push it a little bit more, right? So it was kind of like, okay, here's the next chapter for Final Rise. Here's my my three to four year model. I can lock into this area. Here's what I hope to accomplish to maximize, you know, all, all this different space and what we hope to do. And the really enticing thing about it as well is where we're at is there's actually multiple units that are stacked on the end there, and I have first rider right refusal on being able to move into those as well. So, which is incredible, you know, to be able to one move into a building that makes financial sense for us. Um, we got a smoking deal on it, like so blessed. Move in there and then know that it's like if we get, if we, if we max this out in two years, yeah. cool, there's a building right next to us Yeah, and we can, we can move right in there and to not have to fully like move a business, which is huge, totally. very costly. I mean, there's all sorts of things involved in that. So it was just, you know, again, I say the word blessed and blessing a lot, but that, that's what it was, dude. There was just no other way about it. We were trying to figure something else out and in a roundabout way, buddy called me and said, Hey, I just heard of a building that's going up. This small business is moving out. Here's the number. Call them. Called them. Signed a lease agreement the next day. Like it was like, Dang. like yeah, this this was it. Like this is <laughs> what we were. Were,
0: were you calling. kind of like it like at that point of of that phone call? Were you kind of like thinking already? Okay, we need to be start looking for a space. Like we're kind of outgrowing the house. Oh yeah,
1: no, absolutely. I was I was looking at that time. I I was already at a point that. I knew we needed to step into a bigger space because I knew based on the timing, it's like, okay, if I can do this in early spring, hopefully we can get our head above water during the summer, you know, preload, try to get as, as, as ready as we can prior to going into hunting season. So it was like the right time of the year to make that move. Um, So I was shopping, shopping, shopping. And I mean, utah and particularly the the small it's not a small town anymore it was once upon a time the town i live in like everywhere else in the world that was once cool is just stupid expensive and everything is just like through the roof so it just there was nothing that was making sense and literally dude to 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 get what we were able to get is just unbelievable will it's it's like
0: i i just i i feel so lucky dude so freaking
1: lucky it's a cool for us so
0: it just makes no the warehouse looks great man looks i mean you got all your all your stuff in there now a lot of the inventory you've you've posted a couple videos and i'm like uh, good for you man like just good for you being able to i don't know i just yeah i don't know there's a there's a a handful of, of guys that talk online about you and everything we talk about man they're like oh I, I'll support Matt until the day I die or I'll, I'll like I'm rooting for him hoping for success like it is it's just cool to watch this story unfold honestly oh thank you dude yeah. it, it, I, I, like it's not it's not anything I'm doing
1: it's the people that support us dude it's good people like you will and I mean that dude and, and I know there's so many other people that are out there legitimately rooting for our business and like there's just one thing I've learned in life and in business is there's, there's an opportunity for everybody. There's room for everybody and lighting somebody else's fire doesn't make yours burn any less bright. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's that, it's that, it's that mentality of, of, you know, there's, there's a multitude of opportunities out there and, you know, clap for everybody mm. be clapping for everybody. Cause everybody gets an opportunity and if everybody has their time and mm. we're fortunate, we're, we're able to take a little bit of advantage of what I hope is our time. And I'm going to see how far, how far I can push the boulder up the hill until it <laughs> crap <laughs> there, there you go.
0: What, uh, so how long is, has final, final rise been around now? Is it going on three years or just past yep, three, three years? Yep. Three years. Okay. Okay. Yep, if, if, if someone, you know, just stuck a gun to your head and said, Matt, give me your, your top three, I guess maybe takeaways or maybe top two, Things that you've learned of like growing a business, being successful in it, like like what what would you say like if someone just wanted to pick your brain on say hey Matt like how did you do this what what was your biggest learnings what would you say? I would
1: say the first thing is to do something that you are like potentially obsessed with and and passionate about in the right way a healthy passion we'll say that because it's easy to be you it's easy to be honest. Um, and it's easier to help people. Um, you know, business is business. And I always tell people there's a lot of ways to make money in this world. A dollar is a dollar and you can make it a lot of different ways. Um, and you know, I've, I've been involved in businesses and I've been involved with partners and different things like that. And I've, I've seen people put on these hats or these uniforms that weren't them, but it was, they just, they, they knew that was the role they needed to play at that time to be successful. And at the end of that, that they could move on and, and do something else. And I'm, you know, I, I've, I've seen people go through that and I'm like, nah, that nah, nah, not for me. <laughs> like I'm me, like I'm always me, whether I'm talking to my wife, whether I'm, you know, doing a podcast with you, Will, or on a phone call with a customer, like I can just 100% be me. And I feel like when you're able to do that in a business, that that radiates to people and it creates that self-alignment, it creates a community because we're all the same. That, that I mean, d- Will, there's no difference between you and I. You you know how to podcast. I know how to sew, but we're just people. Like <laughs> we're just normal, but it's we're doing regular that, guys. <laughs> we're just regular guys, dude. I'm not doing anything special. Um but I'm passionate about it, and that's that kind of pull factor that allows me to to not sleep and wake up early and sacrifice and enjoy. And I do enjoy it. And that's the biggest thing is I don't have like this isn't this isn't work to me. And people say that, and they're like, oh, you work, you work a job you love, you never have to work a day in your life. And it's like this. exactly what they <laughs> but, sound
0: like. Exactly what they sound like. <laughs> but it's true.
1: It's so true, man. Like if you love it and you're passionate about it, it's easy to just be you. And I feel like that passion transcends to the, the, I would say it's equally as important, if not more so than that passion, but focus on the people. You have to focus on the people. It's it's not about your product. It's not about you. It's about the people and understanding who they are and how that product can help them and helping educate them. And I understand that not everybody needs a several hundred dollar vest. I understand that and I totally respect that. But I do understand enough people and I do. And I've been on that customer journey myself. I've run the gambit of hunting vests. I've done that. And enough people have that I just focus on the people that are ready for that, the people that are have have gone through that journey and said, hey, you know, I started out and I bought what I could afford. I did that for a long time. There's so many of us that I do, and that's, that's how you should do it. You don't need to live outside your means to – post a picture of a vest on social media like that's just silly you know but like there's just that journey that we all go on and i just focus on making sure that we're true to ourselves that our product is designed for the people who are are, who are going to understand its values and its propositions and then if they have questions make sure that i do everything i can for them to feel confident in
0: that investment Hmm. just focus on the people yeah Oh, dude, that's awesome! I, I love getting those little <laughs> those little behind the scenes. Like, what's like, how are you running this? What's driving you? I, I love that, man. Thanks for sharing that.
1: You well,
0: bet, dude. let's uh, as we're kind of talking about some of the products, the vest, things like that. Um, let's start getting into maybe a little bit of your, your products, uh, kind of how, how that's been going, and you got, have some new developments that things that you've been working on. Um, I guess the newest vest you've launched is the Sidekick vest. Is that right? About what, six six months ago, maybe less. Yeah, right before...
1: Yeah, Dude, it might be more than six months because we had it when we went to uh, Pheasant Fest in February.
0: Okay, you did. Okay.
1: Yeah. Or was that okay. March?
0: I think, I
1: think Either it way, February-ish. it's February-ish. <laughs> earlier this year... Yeah, <laughs> yes. I <laughs> lose So good. I don't even know
0: <laughs> well, whenever it came out, that's your newest vest. Uh, talk a little bit about the Sidekick Vest. I know I just uh, picked one of those up a few uh, well, a month ago or uh, so month or so ago if, if i can talk sometimes on a podcast um talk a little bit about like why like why this vest you had the legacy you had the obviously the summit which is your first one what mm-hmm. what was the reason and what was some of the the yeah just the rationale behind the sidekick vest hey hope you guys are enjoying this episode just want to take a quick moment and thank our sponsors again b pro kennels obviously final rise and trinity Bretons. And if you guys are enjoying this show, would you head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave a rating and review? Now on Apple Podcasts, we are well over 100, trying to get to 200 reviews on Apple Podcasts. So if you'd head over there quickly and just leave a five-star rating, write a little review, I love reading those. Once we get to 200, I will be doing a new giveaway for listeners of the podcast. So thanks so much, guys.
1: Yeah, so the, the rationale, and, and, you know, it's for a long time, and it probably hasn't started making sense until recently with some of these new products, but I've always called our vests systems. Mm-hmm. And people are like, well, oh, how is it a system? Are you just using that word? Because it's like a sales word or whatever. Or it like sounds fancier than it really is. And it's like, no, like from the very conception of the Final Rise brand, from the initial vest, I'm looking five, 10 years down the road to how am I, how can I create something that is complementary to every single aspect of bird hunting? And that if somebody says, Hey, I'm going to finally, I'm at that point in my customer journey, right? Will that like, I understand the value of this product. I understand why it costs what it costs and I'm willing to make that investment because I know I'm going to be able to probably save money in the long run on gear. But once I make that investment, I'm trying to think. How can I maximize value? How can I how can I make sure that I'm creating complementary pieces of gear that work that are plug and play with an investment they've already made? Right. So we came out with the Summit Vest. That was you know our flagship, the do all Upland Vest, any species, any habitat, like it, it's ready to shake and bake. Right. But then, then along came the Legacy. You know, there's plenty of guys that like, dude, I'm not chucker hunting like all day. I'm not going out and doing this. You know, maybe I'm doing shorter walks or I'm doing different things. You know, maybe I'm coming back and I'm swapping dogs. I don't need to carry, you know, 140 ounces of water or whatever it is. Like, I just need something a little more streamlined and it makes sense. It's like, why would you buy a vest that has a bunch of bells and whistles that you don't even need when you can get the same amount of performance out of a little bit, something that's a little bit more streamlined, save yourself some money, but have a product that really caters specifically to what you do. And that just comes with a generalized understanding of bird hunters, right? Like you have to know to be able to create bird hunting gear. I feel like you have to be a bird hunter. It's a good, good place to start, right? (laughs) <laughs> there's, there. I mean, there's. You can copy and paste anything you want in this world, dude. Yeah. I mean, you could, you could run down to REI, you could pluck a backpack off the stand there, yeah. drop it in the box, send it overseas, and say, hey, I want to change XYZ and turn it into mm. whatever, right? And I'm going to start my own brand, and it happens all the time. It's a big. It, there's plenty of people that do it that are trying to make a quick buck, and sometimes you do see that in our space, right? It's just. Yeah. And that's okay. And there's a sure. because there's a product for everybody. I'm not dogging that. I, what I'm saying is I'm not I'm not taking shots at anything. But being an upland hunter is such an important part because you have to have lived and experienced those things to be able to look at gear in an objective way to understand. Hey because I experienced this, because I need first aid kit, because I need a bladder, because I need to store my stuff, because I understand weight distribution, because I've been backpacking. I know what a waist belt's supposed to be like, because I've had padded shoulder belts and it really dicked up my gun mount and it made me mad. Like, I'm not going to put any padding in there. All those different things. Like you just, you just kind of have to live through it. And so the sidekick system is a last piece to that was again, understanding a totally different dynamic of bird hunting and a big part of bird hunting, because let's be real, Will, like how, how long is bird season for most people? How long is bird season? A couple months, maybe. Yeah. If that, if that, right. I mean, heck, I know people that are going out and spending thousands of dollars on big game hunting gear and they go hunt for four days. Like, (laughs)
0: and it's done, done for the
1: year. (laughs) It's, it's the hunt for the year, the weekend warrior. And that's okay. Um, but the sidekick was really that approach to understanding that people that are passionate about upland hunting, wing shooting, or whatever, they're, they're with their dogs, they're training, and they're doing something oriented to their hobby year-round. My dog only gets to hunt a couple months a year, but guess what? He lives with me the other 300 days or whatever it is of the year and i'm living for those days that i get to hunt him and so i'm trying to train and i'm trying to develop that so anyways i'm being really long winded i apologize but the, no the no you're great was really created as to to fill another niche in the market for the guys that don't need a full-blown vest. I'm talking quail hunters. I'm talking dove hunters. I'm talking professional trainers. I'm talking people that are going to trials and competing, and they may not even hunt. They just get on their horse and they follow dogs. Mm-hmm. All wonderful ways to enjoy our sport, and that's the mm-hmm. best freaking part about dogs, dude, is you
0: can enjoy them thousand different ways. Like, it is <laughs> Awesome. There's, but we the, all need possibilities gear. are endless. Yeah. And, and <laughs> only gear. And I, I am mean, glad you brought up the trials is again, I've been running some natural trials and the, the typical trial person will have uh, cause you bring your dog to the line with a check cord. Then you clip it to your belt. Yep. Then you have shells. Then a lot of people don't carry water, which that's just a personal preference. Um, mm-hmm. Whatever else I, I love wearing my vest. Cause one, I'm used to it for hunting. I I, it's how I hunt. It's it's, I'm comfortable with, with how the gun mounts on my shoulder strap, all that stuff. And I have water for my dogs. I got the shells in one spot, throw the leash in the pocket in the back. Um, So I, I, my first ever trial, someone was like, why are you carrying your whole vest out there? I was like, cause it's, has everything i need i don't know it's just like it like, has everything i I'm need ready. in it like i'm ready <laughs>
1: like whatever
0: <Yeah. laughs> so for for me just a, a side note is like it has been a really nice function for thinking about trials and training and having all that like in there and i was doing all that with my summit so now with the sidekick i'm like well shoot it's just the summit but in a, a again that system that's more compact lightweight yeah so. and
1: that's and that's the th- that no matter how, and again, we, I guess we kind of just said it, right, Will, but it's like no matter how we're enjoying our dogs, we still need gear that supports that specific hobby and that specific passion. So really my hope in developing these systems is that we can create multiple pieces of gear that now become interchangeable mm-hmm. and allow people that once they invest in the system, so with your sidekick, right, Will, well, if you don't want to invest in an entire sidekick. And I know that you did because you're passionate about both of those. And plenty of guys just say, Hey, I just want to have two vests, one for each application, which is wonderful. And we appreciate it. But there's plenty of guys that like, dude, I can just swap out the sidekick game bag onto my summit system. I can repurpose the same way belt. I can use my water bottle holders, my water bottles, my shell yeah. pouches, my shoulder harness, all that different stuff. So instead of having to go buy a brand new system, if you didn't want to do that, you can swap the game back out and you have a, now you have a brand new kit for a specific application and it just makes it super easy. And, And again, I guess I try to come back to value is like we're trying to create more quality gear that now becomes interchangeable. So this system allows you to, configure or modify your setup to whatever you're doing if you want to get that granular because plenty of really passionate people it's like we we go off the deep end right like we just we dive all in and we want things that are specific for what we're doing those are hopefully the opportunities that we're creating and, uh, and again, that's, it's just kind of the tip of the iceberg. We're just, we're buying off, you know, a piece of the time, but that's about the only way you can eat an elephant. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's true. One, one of the things, uh, last thing before we kind of move on from the sidekicks and the vest is the, uh, the bird bag accessory. Um, again, yeah. like you're saying, it's super easy to like swap those out. So I took the, the left pocket off, put the, the <laughs> little, the bird bag, whatever, whatever you call it, um, on there for training. And it was one super easy to switch in and out. And yep. it was like super nice not to have the vest and a bird bag strapped over me. And I just had stuffed the pigeons in there, threw a couple of birds for my dog, and I was like, I was pretty nice. Like I, I was a little <laughs> apprehensive at first. I was like, Am I really going to use it? But I was like, That's pretty sweet. Like and having that versatility of of swapping something out very quickly was was really nice.
1: Yeah. No. Absolutely. We've got some uh, some range pouches that we're working on right now. So I mean, you can just have a waist belt sidekick game bag type setup and then we've got these rain pouches so you can put your spence on one side you can have your box of uh, shells on the other and so it's like if you're shooting competitively or you just you shoot enough that it's like okay i've already invested in my final rise summit or legacy or whatever i can swap out this pouch that's that's all it is i can disconnect these four little buckle deals that are on the side of it and put on this totally different pouch, and now it's optimized for what I'm about to go do. And it just makes it more enjoyable when you have stuff that's specific to what you're doing. The live bird pouch, right? It's just like, wow, this is nice because it's stuff you need. You're going to carry it anyways, so why not put it all into one little setup? Yeah,
0: exactly. What are those little those little metal things that you loop through the the molly webbing? What are those? It's called a bar slider is a what it's called. bar slider. I freaking yep. love those things. They're so, they're so, this is so stupid. They're so thin and just small that it makes it super easy to like slip it through those little molly webbing. Yep. They're like super lightweight. They weigh nothing. And was like, that was a really, I don't know, just a, a small detail that I was, I was, when I was putting the bird bag on or the bird, the live bird pouch, I was like, dang, that those things are nice. They're like titanium. I don't know. What, what material are they? Metal? Yeah.
1: It's just, it's just a cast okay. metal they're dude they're like we we use those one i mean obviously they're super easy to on and off um snaps wear out most most Mm. molly pockets are different things like that you know they'll have a tab you'll weave it through all the webbing both the webbing on the back of the pocket as well as you know whatever you're attaching it to and it's kind of this little weaving process and it buttons them up super tight don't get me wrong but snaps will wear out and so with the vision to know that people are going to be taking these on and off that's why we really lean towards that it is very lightweight you aren't creating additional pressure points on your body right because it's just so thin and they grip so well obviously where you feed them what the top through the top the bottom through the bottom like there's no play in them I'll tell dude will all the time people don't even know that they're not sewn on there people think they're sewn on yeah call me dude, I, I should have listened to you. I went with a larger waist belt than you told me to. I need to swap it out. And I was like, cool, dude, I'll just send you another waist belt. And they're like, well, I don't have to send the whole vest back? I'm like, no, just take it apart and put the parts on it. And they're like, really? Wait, they're what? i like looking at it, and it just, it's just so seamless. It just looks so intentional. So it's uh, – yeah. It's a wonderful little concept. I really like it.
0: I love it, man. I love it. Um, well, let's get into a couple more uh, pieces of gear that you've been uh, cranking out. Um, first off is, well, let's touch on the gloves first. Um, yeah. These gloves, man, th- these things are killer. I- I've tried a lot of gloves. I think I sent you a photo of, of all like the four or five yeah. different gloves I've okay. tried. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, that's a struggle, man. It's just finding a glove that fits your hand well, just feels nice, and all that. But um, talk about the gloves a little bit. Was was that something you were just like, all right, I haven't found the right pair. I'm gonna make you know, figure out my own.
1: Yeah, I mean, dude, I love, I love gloves. I'm just dude. I I, I just have always like good gloves, dude. There's just something about that. It's like it's like the cold side of a pillow, dude. Like I swear, there's just something about. Good gloves, and there's a lot of really nice gloves out there, don't get me wrong. But I just didn't find, I hadn't really seen or experienced personally a glove that, again, thinking through an upland hunter and the things that we're doing, the technologies that we're using, cell phones, garments, watches, you know, all those things, how to with the jacket or whatever different things are. And I just didn't feel like there was a glove that had really – was designed specifically towards an Upland Hunter. And that doesn't mean that other gloves don't work because they obviously do. Um, and I and I don't know how to make gloves by any means. And so I, I was – I know a guy that hand makes a bunch of stuff. I reached out to him because I saw that he had these gloves. I was like, dude, who's – like, will you make gloves for me? You know, I'm, if I can't do something, one, I want to find the people that can do it the best – and i try to support other small businesses right i feel like that's that's a that's a big part of if i can support someone else that's doing something cool and it helps our business too awesome awesome so reach out to him anyways he referred me to the guy that actually made them for them it's a company out of oregon and got a hold of a kid named jake and said hey dude i've 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 got this vision for a pair of upland gloves and he's like what (laughs) (laughs) like upland gloves like what do you like he's uh, not a hunter himself right but he's i was like no you know there's these bird hunters and different things like that and he uh he was like well like you know tell me about it kind of pitched me on the idea or whatever you know obviously you know here's your moqs and here's kind of what we're looking at and stuff like that so we start going back and forth and I just started sending him sketches and obviously had lots of gloves that I really liked. And they had certain features that I liked, but there wasn't one that was, you know, overly comprehensive of all of that. And then, you know, I wear a lot of gloves. We do a lot of farming. Uh, My wife's big into rodeo. So, you know, you, uh, you see the gloves that ropers are using, you see the gloves that rough stock riders are using different stuff like that and whatever it is. Right. So I'm like, how do I just create like these super rugged, durable gloves that work with, all the technology and Upland Hunter needs, and they're super minimal. but They're also super safe. Like, I felt like there was this point of diminishing returns within, like, material thickness and different things like that. Like, I, like, I, I just waterfowling story, right? Like, late season, you're sitting in the ground blind or whatever, and it's like most trigger guards are not big enough for a insulated glove to be sure. put in there, right? And I was sitting next to a buddy who accidentally put his gun off. Fortunately, nothing, nothing happened. Right. But it was like, but I just remember that so vividly. It's like, dude, what if you'd been pointing your gun at me? Like, what if you hadn't been being safe or you just do it like whatever, like you're sometimes you're out with your buddies and you're just being dumb. But like, I was like, dude, like, and that just stuck with me. Like, I just, I always remembered that. And so I've always been so cautious of the gloves that I use when handling firearms. Mm. And, but the gut, the gloves that, you know, gave me the dexterity and feel that I wanted were so thin that it wasn't really an all season glove. It was like, yeah, I can wear this early season. But then when I get to February hunting chucker or whatever, like my hands are too cold. Right. And there were other gloves, you know, there's some gloves that have, you know, Windstopper or different types of layers in those well wind stopper is non-permeable which means that it doesn't breathe so if your hand starts mm-hmm. sweating if you're active hunting it's counterintuitive because now your hand's going to sweat and it's never going to get warm because oh, that glove geez. can't breathe out sure it can't breathe that out and so it was this I, i'm I, sorry i'm so long-winded <laughs> you make my job easy man just keep going i'm like dude, yeah, i need to shut up sorry um any, I nerd out anyway. So went back and forth. We talked through materials. Obviously, he was the master of his craft, and I said, "Here's what I'm trying to accomplish," and gave him like those key bullet points. And eventually, obviously, came up with our final rice field glove. So I, a buckskin top, a little bit thicker leather, but it has re- it's really soft, very comfortable. It has enough stretch to it, but it's also going to provide enough protection as you're pushing brush, different things like that. Um, and then it obviously being a thicker level or layer leather how now brown cow it's going to <laughs> provide a greater level of insulation um, during those late seasons and leather also breathes. so while it is okay. still insulating your hand it can still breathe and hands are like feet they fluctuate some of us run warm some of us run cold sure. so yes i run our seat our gloves all season they may be too cold for some people um Anyways goat skin palm that's really from the rodeo space I mean goat skin is very thin. So, so the palm's different than the buckskin yes the palm is okay. go- yep the palm is goat skin and goats are just you know th- thinner skinned animals but they're super tough and uh, anyways wonderful leather that's very popular in the rodeo space and, and why 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 the change or why the buckskin and then the goat skin on the bottom the, the goat skin is thinner the goat skin's a lot thinner um i don't remember the exact material thickness to it um but the overall like dexterity like i want to feel like the stippling on my gun i want to be mm, able to feel the okay. tank safety um that's like that's just big for me okay. and so that goat cool. skin, and i mean you can obviously you can manipulate and and control a gun very well in an all buckskin glove don't get me wrong
0: sure. but that goat skin really Maybe a little is- more of that Te- te- textile or tactile feel almost?
1: Yes, very much so. Yeah, more more of a shooter glove. So okay. the buckskin for more of a, a little bit heavier duty on the, on the top side, but having a little more dexterity, a little more, you know, tactical feel on the on the shooter glove type style on the palm side. Um, then we went with uh, touchscreen pointer fingers and touchscreen yeah. thumbs. So if you're awesome. using your phone, you're using Garmin, whatever it is. You know, there's an old saying that gloves are just good for pissing yourself, right? Like <laughs> half of the time you're just trying to take your gloves off so you can do what you're trying to do or you're trying to undo your pants yep, or yep.
0: whatever it is. Let's, like, let's just leave them on, not have to worry about taking them off. <laughs> it's right. Nonsense.
1: It's like, I'm doing something. I don't want to have to take my gloves off. So being able to create a glove that it's like, dude, if I need to if I need to text my wife and tell her what time I'm going to be home or if I need to freaking bump a dog or see where my buddy's at on my Garmin, like, it's just easy. It's intuitive, right? I speak yeah. so much to like our gear and being intuitive. Yeah. and That's a big part, you know, gear that you don't notice is on is the hallmark of good gear. Mm. And that's Amen. kind of what I do accomplish Amen with that.
0: to that. So when you forget you're wearing it, that's, that's a good sign. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's yeah. I love it, man. They've been super comfy and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, getting them out this fall. So, um, Last piece of gear I wanted to ask you about is uh, the new gun cases you uh, developed, man. Those things look sick. Oh, my gosh. So freaking cool. Uh, Same kind of question, I guess, like how and why did these come about? And then talk a little bit about the product and uh, how how they've been doing. Yeah, the the gun cases are – they're awesome. And they've done –
1: like we just did one social media post. It talks a little bit about them leading up to them. But we pre-sold our initial run just through an Instagram post. Jeez. Yeah. I, I honestly didn't anticipate that. I was a little, you know, I mean, I should probably swing a little bit harder than I do sometimes. But um, I was like, you know, I, I feel like, you know, a couple hundred of these will be like a good number. You had, like, two
0: mo- you had two separate models too, right? You had the, the long gun and, and the takedowns. So that's two separate. It,
1: yeah. So two different models there. Um, initially, you know, just started out with the
0: takedown case. There's lots
1: of really cool long gun cases out there specifically, but you know, the, the shell shuckers reached out once we just said we were doing the, the takedown. They're like, Hey, we want cases too. Like "Uh, uh, the the shell shuckers. (laughs) (laughs) Those semi auto boys. Oh gosh. Just dog and I shoot them too. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so, yeah, it's a, it's an 18-ounce waxed cotton canvas material. And I just – I loved the material when I first saw it. I was like, you know, waxed canvas in general has kind of this nostalgia in the Upland space, right? You know, there's, like, Filson vests or Filson sure. Chaps or Upland Chaps, different stuff like that. It's like waxed canvas is kind of just this, like – there's a little bit of a heritage in it, in the
0: upland yeah. space. So, really so real, cool. real quick, just to confirm, so sorry to cut you off. Yeah. So it's this, we're not talking about the material of a vest, right? We're talking something totally different. Correct. Soft, softer. Okay. Cause in my mind, when I originally saw your, your pre post of it, I was like, oh, it's like a the vest material. But then hearing you talk about it a little bit more, I'm like, oh, we're talking like a little bit nicer, like soft. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we could absolutely make them out of Cordura because that's what the vests are made out of, right?
1: I mean, it would, it would, it it would be sixes in a roundabout way. Um, but I, I don't know. A lot of times I, I tell people, a lot of times I just make things that I want and then just sell the extras.
0: <laughs> you selfish son of a gun.
1: I know. <laughs> so anyways, went, went with this with this waxed uh, wax cotton canvas. And dude, it's just such a cool fabric. And so it was cool to take kind of this like timeless material that has like just been known in the upland space forever. And put some cool modern Final Rise flair to it, right? And so I came up with a takedown uh, case design. Um, there's some really cool designs out there. There's some. There's obviously other takedown cases on the market, um, but I wanted to design something that was really you know could provide almost like a one-stop shop for like all your gear so the 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 takedown case can open kind of like a like a book so you have a nice padded surface if you're assembling your gun on the tailgate um you've got a place to do that and and then but on the outsides of it, we've got some pockets that are sewn in but then we've lined we've used molly webbing on the sides of it which is how we attach our accessories so say for example you want to build a kit or you want to have all your your collars, your shot shells, whatever, in like a grab-and-go bag along with your gun, now you're able to do that. And it uses the exact same pockets that you put on your vest. So, Will, you could take your rear accessory pocket or you could take a set of side accessory pockets Mm -hmm. and attach it onto that vest. So if you weren't using it for one application, say you stripped down your vest for— trialing season or whatever you have going on well now you can repurpose all the gear that you've already invested in mm. put on something and continue to get more value and more mileage yeah. out of that product um so anyways that they're cool they're super cool and i i, I just would invite anybody to just kind of go to the website to check them out but we lined them with a a really soft suede fabric. Um, it's, it's got some great wicking properties to it. Um, it's going to, you know, if you, if you oil a gun, if you had fingerprints or anything on it, when you slide it into that case, it's going to take those off. Like it, it polishes. Well, it's not excessive that it's obviously going to induce wear to a firearm, but it's, it's, it's just a really happy medium blend of just something that's just going to take care of those guns. Um, and then we used, uh, for the foam, it's a closed cell foam. It's, it's very different from what, you know, if you were to go to a box store and you were to walk down and look at all the, the gun cases that they have hanging on the racks there, right? Like a lot of times, like they're super thick, like you'll have like two inch foam, but grab that foam and you pinch it, you can close your fingers together. There's really, it, it compresses almost to nothing. This foam is only a quarter inch thick, but, like, you cannot – it's, like, soft, yeah. But yeah. you can't
0: but compress firm.
1: it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so it's like – so now I don't have a case that's super bulky, but if I slide it in with all my other gear, my deck system or whatever I've got going on – there isn't the off chance that whatever I put it next yeah. to is actually really potentially going to be able to ding it because that foam is actually providing a layer of protection.
0: Yeah, and so that's awesome.
1: I just tried to go through the process of I'm not, you know, a, a lot of this stuff has already been done and I and I understand that, but I always look at anything that we create and it's how can I make it more specific to our consumer and, you know, how, how can I make... Uh, how can I just improve it? You know, how can I raise the bar? How can I raise the standard a little bit? Like I said, it's anybody can do a copy and paste into a me too, but it's how do I make that a
0: little bit better? Yeah. And well, so, like you said, too, work, yeah, work. yeah work those other pockets and stuff. And you know, and from your vest pocket, you know, again, I have two pockets I'm using right now. All right, cool. Throw it on, throw it on the gun case. And, um, one thing I was going to ask you about the long gun case. I know this is hard doing without the visual, but is it is it like a zipper? I forget, like where you unzip the case, or do you just slide it in from the end? It's it's just a Velcro closure, and it
1: just slides into the okay, end. That's I, right. I, I stayed away from zippers specifically, and I've minimized zippers and anything that we use. I'll I'll tell I guess I'll I'll tell my reasoning with a small story. Uh-huh. Bought a really nice, I only own probably two or three new guns. Most of the guns, I'll just buy them used or whatever, find them in good condition. And that lets me get more guns. Um, <laughs> bought, bought this. Um, it was a SHOT Show Special. It was a 16-gauge Satori Super Light Feather. English stock. Beautiful gun, dude. Wonderful gun. One of my favorite guns I own. And I was down at a big box store. I was headed to Washington to go hunt pheasants with my friend Jeff and i was like i need a better case you know and i i had some just you know normal run-of-the-mill cases or whatever and i'm like i want to buy a nice case and so i went and i found this it was a kind of a wax canvas type material or whatever you know the big toothy zippers and i'm like sure. and this thing just looks like the gold the standard oh, this, is, <laughs> yeah. this is the ferrari of gun cases you know and Anyway, so I get home and I'm all excited and getting all my stuff together and I unzip that case and I just unzip the top of it, right? I, I'm not, I mean, I guess I do and I don't understand why a zipper has to go the full length Teach their own. Um, unzip that like a quarter of the way, go to slide my gun in and that freaking Ooh. zipper manged oh, the I side know. of the freaking barrel, dude. Oh. And I was like... What just happened? So I'm anti-zipper for that reason. Not that it scars you. It
0: scars, and not
1: that a five or eight eight gauge zipper by any means is necessarily going to induce um, substantial wear. I mean, this was a this was a a very toothy zipper. But I again, I guess I'm just trying to keep folks' stuff in mind. I understand you're putting nice guns in there. Nice guns or whatever guns, you know. But I mean it. Maybe, maybe it takes half a second longer I really don't know I mean it's pretty easy to put a gun in a gun case so I, I guess six is at the end of the day you can start splitting hairs if you want but yeah. that's what I wanted
0: <laughs> that, that's cool and uh, the, the long gun case how you just made it in one size right now right one length and that's 52 51 yeah 50, 51 and like a half yeah. so it's kind of like that happy okay. medium on the long
1: end there and the nice thing about so the, the shape the very uh, the far end where the barrel would go has kind of a, a tapered shape to it okay. so you have a shorter gun. If you sit the gun more upright, it will catch the shorter end. If you have a longer gun, you can either flip it upside down or angle the back of the stock. Uh, get a little bit more length in it. So okay. instead of just having a square end or a round end, we've kind of just there's a there's a soft taper that goes into it. So even even when I put you know a, an over under with twenty eight inch barrels in there, there's really minimal, if any, play in it. But I still okay. have room, That now I can use that exact same case to throw in, you know, a Browning A5 Sweet 16, which is a okay. large gun. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> those look like big <laughs> boys. Um, th- that's good to know. Cause I, I was thinking about, I was, I was looking at that long gun and again, my, um, my over-unders are only about 40, I don't know, 47, maybe 48 yep. inches. In my mind, I was thinking, oh, there's gonna be so, so much play, but like you said, with having that taper, it kind of catches that, that gun.
1: Yeah, it does. Okay. I mean an inch on either side of it. I mean, I, I, I'm sure there's people that are like, no, I want it an exact size. And it's like, I, I personally, if I can buy one case that I can use for all of my gun, yeah, you're not gonna buy four different cases. Okay. Right. That's, that's, I guess that's kind of my mentality again, trying to, I guess, ho- hopefully we can check more boxes for folks and having that little bit longer length. And I, I don't think you're losing anything if you're putting a shorter gun in there
0: i love that i love it um all right any anything else you can uh tease the podcast listeners with Uh, anything coming down the pipeline that uh you are working on or close to uh close to releasing
1: yeah i've got those those range pouches we'll have those out soon i have not in here i'd show you here um I found a kid that actually, and it's, it's nothing super crazy, some, some like game stringers or game carriers or whatever, braided out of paracord with a carabiner on the end. Oh, nice. Really nice. You can flip out that buckle or the clip on the top of your, uh, on your summit vest for the bladder, or you can just oh. clip it into the harness. So, okay. um, or if you're trialing or whatnot, you can clip it onto the D ring in the front. If you're just hunting covey birds or you're guiding, you need additional carrying, really just simple, very, very minimal thing. Yeah. Um, Just There's been plenty of people that have been asking for them, so we'll have that up. I just need to edit images and hit publish. I did just put these on the website. I haven't said anything yet. I was probably going to do that tonight. This is just a, I call it a grab it or a two-shell bandolier, essentially. Um, And this is designed to attach to the two-inch webbing on the front of your waistband. Oh, nice. Okay. It's a two-inch, wow, I'm having a brain fart here. Um, elastic on the front here. It's going to fit everything from 28 gauge all the way up to 12 gauge. And the thing I found, you know, a lot of people are asking for bandoliers or shell loops or different mm-hmm. things like that. And we've got some other things we're working on. But you know, for the sheer aspect of one, either being able to have buckshot or something for coyotes or javelinas, mm-hmm. right, okay. that readily accessible, or if I need a quick reload most of the time i'm probably not going to load more than two shells and even if i'm shooting a semi-auto right i mean chambers open drop one in close it and maybe i'm feeding another one but you're lucky to get one good shot off and so what i found i tried to think to again coming back to intuitiveness i'm like okay when i shoot where, where do my hands go or where do where am i wanting to go post shot to reload it's like okay i've got to i've got to drop my hand all the way to my waist i got to reach and shy the shell pouch or do whatever and that's that's fine. You can do that fairly okay. fairly quick. But just having it right there on your waistline, right next to that two inch yeah. buckle on your belly button, when I break a gun open, that's where For my you, hands where are. Your my hand, hands yeah, burn. yeah, it'll naturally yeah, fall down. there. My hands naturally fall there. So if I can break the gun, and as soon as I'm there, yeah. if I can just scoop up two more shells, put them in yeah, the tube, nice. close the gun. Um, very, very minimal thing. Nothing, nothing sure. earth shattering sure. by, by any means. But uh, I hunted with one all this past year, and again, I'm not, I'm not worried about wiping out a covey. That's not what I'm worried about in any way, shape, or form. Trust me. Um, but I, you know, plenty of guys that are hunting down on the borders where they have pigs or coyotes or different things like that. You know, lo- lots of guys like to have some buckshot handy if they need to load up and remind a pig to stay away from the dogs or yeah, for guys smart. that do want to load. So yeah, that's smart,
0: man. I'm going to put you on the spot here for one second. Any, any future plans for waterfall? I, I know we talked a little bit about waterfall. Uh, I know you love it. I've done it a little bit in the past. <laughs> any, uh, any future plans, you know, I think at some point we'll,
1: we'll definitely get there. Um, next, probably next, next, uh, chapter for us is there's two things that rise birds and fish. I'm uh, a very avid fly fisherman. Okay, I grew okay. So there's been a couple things I've been working on. I'm a big believer in thoroughly testing and developing stuff before we launch it. So I've kind of been sitting on it and fine-tuning some stuff. Um, we may do it later this fall. I mean, you can fish year-round for the most part. But working on that stuff, um, man, I don't want to show all my cards. i got a, a laundry list. This is like— <laughs> I'm sure— this is like my 2022 <laughs> gear launch list, and it's oh, like gosh.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> some of it I haven't gotten to. But the bottom of that is dedicated to our to our four legged friends. Very and, cool. Uh, I think they need some love, so we're hoping to tackle some of that stuff here in the coming months. So, love got it, man, stuff in the works, man.
0: Tip of the iceberg. That's a, a tip of the iceberg, man. So exciting. Well, <laughs> uh, I mean, congrats on just the success, man. And and again, some of the things you're rolling out, big or small, I, I think it's making the products you're rolling out, even that little, whatever you call it, the shell, the holding a couple shells, like it's, it's a small thing, like you said, but like, it's thoughtful. It, it's, it's be, You're making it because of a, uh, for a reason and for a purpose. And that's, um, that's always fun to see. It's not just, Hey, I'm just going to do this because <laughs> there's yep. a, you've heard either customer feedback or personal feedback that you've seen of like, Hey, I think this would, would help someone out there. And so I, I, I appreciate that. Oh, thank you, man. I always try to, the, the big thing is it's gotta be intentional. That's,
1: that's kind of that, uh, that guardrail we like to kind of use is, is it intentional? Is it just, is it more than just doing it because, oh, thank you for noticing. Appreciate it. All
0: right, brother. Um, we are going to, uh, start wrapping this thing up a little bit longer. Uh, so start. Thanks for, uh, (laughs) carving out some extra time. Yeah. um, so since you are my, I believe my first repeat guest, I'm going to change up my, my closing question here. I typically ask everyone, and I'm pretty sure I did it with you back on that episode, but but what was the advice you'd give to a, to a rookie uplander out there? Someone heading into their first season. So we're going to change the script a little bit. And I'm just going to ask you, what's a piece of advice you'd give to someone, uh, the veteran hunter, heading heading into their another season? Maybe their 10th, 12th, I don't know, 20th season. What's a piece of maybe encouragement, maybe a piece of advice that you'd share with them who are uh, listening to this podcast.
1: Remember that you started somewhere too. Mm. And to be, be the person that you wish would have helped you along the way. Be Mm. that.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Love it. Okay. And then, uh, same kind of deal with the rapid fire questions. These are a new set of questions for you. So we're going to, uh, roll, (laughs) roll through these. (laughs) You're fired up, man. You're fired up. All right, Matt, for you, uh, for you, what came first, the dog, the gun, or the bird? Dog. And and why why the dog? Always loved dogs. I've always loved animals.
1: I've always just had, uh, I don't know, I almost feel like a connection with animals, which is I think a lot of hunters do in a roundabout way, and dogs are just special animals to me. I love dogs. I love mule deer, I love elk, I love the birds, and I was that weird kid running around the campgrounds at the national parks with the Polaroid camera taking pictures of the tame deer trying to feed them peanuts out of my hands. Like, that was that was me. <laughs> I love them. I love them all, dude. It's cool. Animals are oh, awesome.
0: You just gave me such a, such a good image. Because <laughs> <laughs> you've seen L- little, it. Little you know, Matt okay. running around. <laughs> 100%. 100%. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay, um this might be a tough one for you. If you could <laughs> if you could only keep one vest for the rest of your life, which would it be? Oh, it'd be the summit, man. I mean, that's
1: just it checks all the boxes for me and even without, you know, adding additional accessories and stuff like that, it's just as streamlined, but it just has that ability to to kind of grow and expand. So that one just I know no matter where I go, no matter what I do, I can, I can take that sum best and
0: it'll, it'll kick ass. Mm, love it. Uh, most clays you've ever hit in a row. No line. I don't know if I've ever counted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> come on. Yeah, you know, I have
1: never, I've never been, I mean, I shoot sporting clays a ton, but I mean that, I mean, I miss plenty of those shoot, dude. I, 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 Oh, I bet you it's, I mean, it, if we're talking like probably like high school skipping class with your buddies driving up in the mountains and, you know, flip them, flipping them off the hood of your truck and it's the same throw every single time straight out front, I'd imagine it's around, we'll say we'll say 20, just because okay. they're <laughs> the same way, they're easy, they're just the dead straightaways that... You know anyway. where they're going. You know where they're going, your buddy threw it the same way the first 10 <laughs> times,
0: like just keep putting the bead there and pull the trigger. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're going with it. Locking in twenty. <laughs> um, all right, just two more here. Uh, fantasy hunt. Uh, it's kind of a multi-multi question here. Where at? What bird? With who? And you can only bring one dog. Oh gosh, dude, that's a doozy.
1: Um, I would really like to go do like a ptarmigan slam in Alaska and be able to hunt all the, all the, all the species there. Um, I would definitely take my dog chief. Um, he's my buddy, even though he's a little turd. Um, and I'd have to just take my wife with me. She's my sweetheart. She's my, she's my world. So if I get to go do something cool like that, she doesn't, she doesn't enjoy following me in the Chucker Hills and rarely does it anymore. But if I was to go to Alaska, I think I'd, uh, I feel I'd be depriving her of a of a cool opportunity
0: as well. So <laughs> that's awesome, man. Good, good answers right there. Um, all right, and then uh, last question. This this is the one question that has never changed, but we're 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 slightly changing it a little bit for this. Beverage of choice <laughs> before a hunt, Matt. Dude.
1: I'm pretty sure Rockstar Lemonades, either
0: oh, just the straight lemon. Oh, you're going the nasty stuff? Oh, no, 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 not no, even, dude. No, that's disgusting. You're waking up. Okay, let me paint the picture. Hold on. Just hold on one second, okay? You wake up at at 4.30 in the morning, okay? You have a you have a big chucker hunt planned, uh, maybe, maybe a sharptail hunt, okay, whatever it is. You wake up early, you get in the car, you get the dogs loaded. You're, you're driving in the car. What are you reaching for? Dude, all I hear is, Rockstar! <laughs> you weird son of a gun.
1: <laughs> They're in the fridge. It's convenient. I'm not a big coffee guy. Oh. Rockstar it is. Oh, all dude. right. I still handedly keep them in business. I should probably buy some stock.
0: <laughs> oh, I I honestly didn't even know they still made that. I thought that was, Red Bull took them over. Nah, dude, and they're the non-carbonated. They're not. I don't drink carbonation, so they're non-carbonated.
1: There's only I think there's only like 20 calories per. There's like 160 milligrams of caffeine. Wait, so which which Rockstar is this? So it's the Rockstar Recoveries. So oh, okay, lemonade, and then there's an orange, and they have a mango one. The mango one deceived me. The can was the same color, and so I bought them, and then I found out they weren't the orange flavor, so I was a little little bothered, but uh, anyways, they do. Sometimes they have fruit punch, too. Every once in a while, that'll come and go, but the lemonade and the orange are the two constants, and uh, buddy, they're dangerous. There is there is no smoother drink. Dude, you could pop the top on that, open your throat, and it's gone.
0: Like, so, so gone. It's, it's interesting that it's not carbonated. That's interesting. That's oh, a, it's delicious. That's a weird concept to this Midwestern <laughs> <laughs> everything's carbonated everything's carbonated in chicago man you could carbonate coffee oh, if you shoot, did there man. well yeah. dude <laughs> i feel i have nothing else to say i just i can't i can't even um well matt this has been the blast man thank you for uh for jumping on another podcast and uh again just giving us a look into final rise what you've been up to Uh, You got your hands full with the company, that new puppy of yours, and uh, sounds like some cool things ahead. So I really appreciate it. I appreciate
1: you, Will. Thanks for having me on, dude. And keep kicking butt, dude. You're killing
0: it. Love your podcast. Love everything you're
1: doing and appreciate you as a human too, dude. So thank you. Well, thank you very much, man. I appreciate that.
0: Well, that's a wrap of episode 55 with Matthew B. Davis of Final Rise. Matt, thank you so much, man. Uh, again, I always enjoy chatting with you. I love getting to peek behind the curtain uh, of what's going on at Final Rise, hear a little bit more of your passion and your story. Uh, I just, It's something I really appreciate, and uh, keep keep killing it, man. You're doing awesome. Hey, guys, uh, thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed this. Don't forget, head over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and review and don't forget to sign up on patreon august will be over before you know it and i'll be drawing a winner for the august giveaway so reminder uh, gunner fan kit 2.0 a cable gangs tie-out system or a knife from upland knife company are the three prizes that are left we already had our july winner take the final rise vest and so uh winner's choice uh whoever wins the august giveaway we'll get to choose one of those three prizes to walk away with and head into your uh season opener with uh with some new gear so that's always a good thing so patreon.com slash the upland rookie podcast sign up today hey guys uh hope everyone's having a great summer so far i know most most people's kids are maybe back in school i know my kids are back in school um fall is closely approaching there's a lot of excitement we have a new baby coming on the way we just got a new puppy i know we are nuts but uh some exciting stuff ahead here guys uh, not only uh for the podcast my family hunting season all that kind of good stuff i hope you guys are all doing well and uh, just enjoying uh, enjoying life enjoying your bird dogs join your family your kids your wife your spouse uh, whatever it is guys appreciate the little things in life um It's what means the most people around us, the bird dogs around us. So anyways, until next week, put some miles on those boots and follow your favorite bird dog. Take care.